Hello, good afternoon. This is Femi Adeyemi from Fujitsu. We're just scratching the surface when it comes to 5G. RAN is not just networks that we would build to just make calls or pass data around. It, it has the ability to change our world. For RCR Wireless News, I'm Sean Kinney, and welcome to Will 5G Change the World, the podcast where we engage with a wide variety of industry experts to answer that important question. But before we get into the 5G discussion, we like to take a moment to get to know our guests a little bit better by posing three questions from the Proust questionnaire. Femi, are you ready for those? I'm ready. Let's roll. Question number one. What is your favorite occupation? Uh, my favorite occupation would be to be a pilot. I've always had this dream of having my own 747-737 so I can fly myself to anywhere I would like to be in the world. I'm really fascinated by aircraft designs and uh, how that has changed the world, uh, just like I see 5G changing our world as well. And right. question number two. Where would you most like to live? Um, I like the mountainous areas of Colorado. Uh, the, the, the temperature is nice. The weather is nice. I like hiking. Um, and uh, I'm also very fascinated by, by, by the rivers uh, and, and waterways that I see in Colorado. So Colorado is a beautiful area. Uh, it, it, has, it has the, 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 the great weather. Uh, cold as well as hot to 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 thrive on. So Colorado is a nice place to be. And question number three, what do you most value in your friends? I value transparency and honesty. Um, what that brings to the table is if 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 I'm not myself, uh, somebody can tell me exactly. We have gone wrong. So honesty is uh, is an is a, it's a virtue that I that I really look for in friends: openness and honesty. Femi, thank you so much for joining the show today. I'm really looking forward to the conversations. Uh, I, I wanted to understand something right off the top here, and this is Fujitsu's vision for 5G for its own role in 5G. And I guess the context for that is when I think about Fujitsu, I think about Open RAN and, and strong advocacy for Open RAN and then product services support that goes with that. Uh, I glanced at uh, the 5G website that Fujitsu has earlier today, and I saw it right there at the top, this sort of infinite emphasis around openness. But you also sell end-to-end -end integrated systems, which is, I think, fairly unique among open RAN vendors. So just trying to understand when you look at the company's product strategy, go-to-market, ecosystem, partner development, all of the things that you look after, how do you balance maybe what I think is a preference to sell end-to-end -end systems with your desire to lead in, in open RAN and inherently multi-vendor space? Just trying to understand that relationship. Thanks, Sean. That's a very good question. Um... We, we, we truly, truly believe in the open RAN as uh, benefits. Uh, when you talk about avoiding vendor lock-in, bringing innovation to the market, uh, enabling new entrants into the ecosystem, um, 
we we truly truly believe in that and and and, and uh, allowing for sustainability because that's a, that's a tenant for Fujitsu from a business point of view. Now we balance that with the fact that we're very comfortable with our technology. Um, we are very, we are a technology innovative company, and so we can sell. We can we can bring to the market individual aspects of our open run solution. Uh, and since we believe in that openness, uh, we also don't want to articulate to any any mobile operator that you should take our entire our entire our entire solution at once. You can mix and match. You can choose whichever one you want to bring into your network, and we'll support that. Now, when called upon to provide an end-to-end -end solution, yes, we're more than willing to do that as well. So we are not, it's not a dichotomy for us. Um, it's not a pool uh, because we are comfortable with our technology in addition to being able to support any end-to-end -end, uh, end -end aspects, whether that's from the wireless to optical to software and services point of view. In fact, in some cases, due to that openness that we're talking about, we service organizations where we actually go into the market and get them uh, pieces of that open solution that they need because we believe we believe in, in not locking you in. That's really helpful context. I appreciate you taking us through that, Femi. And then, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit more about OpenRAN. Um, for our coverage, we rely largely on Deloro's market share tracking, where they break out OpenRAN as a subset of the total RAN market. And, I, you know, fair to summarize that we've seen market share growth over the last few years with uh, projections that would put OpenRAN at, at upwards of, of double-digit share in the next few years. And I guess the big investment cycles that we track around that one would be the European multinational operators that are building out 5G and also dealing with some regulatory mandates to remove and replace uh, equipment from vendors considered untrusted by their particular geographies. And then the other one would be transition to standalone from NSA, acknowledge that that's mostly core focus, but kind of expecting there to be interest across networking domains as that happens. So just curious to hear from you what your expectations are for open RAN uptake in those two scenarios. And then are there any other sort of large scale machinations you're following where you see open RAN playing a supporting role? Another another great question. So in those two scenarios, we actually see a lot of uptake. Um, as you have clearly articulated, the the European operators are uh, focused on uh, following their government mandates to replace uh, and in some cases rip out uh, questionable network components that can expose. Their, their network to very bad, very bad situations. And so th that's giving open run some level of uptake in those kinds of market and environment. But beyond that though, uh, that we, we see largely a lot of other opportunities for open run to become part of how run is deployed globally. Uh, 
in 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 US, for example, or North America in general, uh, we're coming to a refresh where uh, something that we describe as spe spectrum refarming is going to happen, where you want to move from 2G, 3G, LTE to completely focus on 5G. So networks that are based on those older technology, the spectrum will be refarmed uh, to, to now leverage uh, 5G technology. That's a cycle where operators are really thinking about, you know, uh, leveraging the benefits that OpenRAM bring into play. Another one is new spectrum. Uh, recently, in the Canadian market, they just finished the auction of uh, the midband. Uh, that's again giving us opportunities to to uh, engage those operators and see how they can leverage uh, OpenRAM technology. But much more than that, though, uh, some of the bigger benefits of openness is that um, the vendor locking is actually a big issue, big issue in, in different parts of the world where multi-vendor supply chain strategy is critical to, to infrastructure being up and running 24-7, uh, where you don't want any uh, potential um, uh, bad situations, troubling situation, whether political, whether natural, to disrupt um, your network. And when you have that disruption, God forbid, you have multi-vendor supply, supply chain so that the critical infrastructure that is now being defined uh, globally is up and running all the time. Two quick examples would be uh, when, when COVID happened. Right, so suddenly wireless infrastructure is now a critical infrastructure in the U.S., and so being able to to have a robust supply chain is important. Um, so open run is going to play a big part in that. In some other areas like um, Hawaii or Japan, where earthquake or volcano eruption is also um, is very very high in in incidence. That disrupts your wireless network. So having a robust supply chain is is very important. So we see a big uptake as you, as you, as there's refresh, as there's a new spectrum, as well as uh, the multi-vendor supply chain environment. This podcast is brought to you by NetScout. NetScout Visibility Without Borders helps service providers achieve pervasive monitoring in real time with actionable insights from anywhere, any service, any technology, any cloud, with any application, in any infrastructure at every phase of the 5G lifecycle. To learn more, visit netscout.com slash 5G. Now let's get back to our conversation with Femi. I also wanted to talk today, Femi, about what you're seeing in the private network space. And I, I guess to make maybe a, a reductive analogy, when we look at where Open RAN is successful today, it's with Greenfield operators, DISH, Rakuten, one and one in Germany. And you know the logic there is pretty simple. It's easier to use a new technology, a new architecture when you're building a brand new network and not trying to integrate it with 30 years of, of legacy technology. So I guess in the context of private networks, a lot of these are are 
you know, quote unquote, greenfield. They're brand new. They're networks that are being built in a place where there previously was not a wireless network. And that maybe glosses over the fact that you'd have to integrate uh, all of this legacy operational technology equipment. But regardless, what do you see today around open RAN for private wireless networks? And, and what are your expectations going forward as there's more confidence in the market and more refined solutions that are available? It's another, that's another good, very good question. So from a private point of view, uh, largely the focus has been on using Wi-Fi as a solution. Uh, but lately, uh, and as you engage analysts, we were beginning to find out that ubiquitous network connectivity um, is becoming very, very important. And very slowly, we have seen that Wi-Fi, uh, although Wi-Fi can survive or be, be deployed with, um, with uh, 5G technology, it has its own limitations. And so what that is creating for the private space is that um, technologies like LTE and 5G are now beginning to have their, their play in the, in the private network environment. What I see, though, is that um, open then brings more to the table from a private network point of view. Uh, what we're seeing is openness creates a standard uh, open interface, it creates innovation. And so in the private space, what I see is that we'll begin to leverage uh, some of those benefits as it relates to a unified solution for the private space. Uh, previously, it's been that um, network in the private environment has been, um, it's not unique, it's, it's not ubiquitous. It's you know, I build A for this organization, I be I build B for another organization. Open RAN will help to actually unify all of that from a scalability point of view, from a management point of view, and then from um, in, in interaction between your private network and your public network. So to me, it, it's another one of those areas where Open RAN will play a big part of a private wireless network space. And just like the previous question, uh, it's going to open more, more uh, business area for open for open RAN. Excellent. And then another topic I wanted to touch on is uh, artificial intelligence in the RAN. When I look at a open RAN architectural diagram, you know it's very clear this is a distribution of compute and network functions uh, out to new types of sites at the edge and the far edge. So when you look at the the RAN intelligent controller, maybe I'd describe it as a decentralized cloud platform where you can run any type of application really, but in the context of, of our conversation today, you can put AI and ML workloads out there and you can turn up applications, X apps, R apps that can do I think the most attention I'm seeing right now is network optimizations, particularly sleep mode for radios to reduce energy consumption. And you can draw a straight line from that to, to TCO. So, so real obvious benefit to the operator. Just kind of curious how you're thinking about one AI enabled apps on the RIC that help operators achieve TCO reduction 
better optimize their networks? And and two, how can they use that same sort of functionality in a customer facing way that could potentially map to a new service revenue? Just what's the uh, what's the outlook there? Yeah, so so we're beginning to work with um, a number of operators globally to actually begin to leverage uh, the power of AI. Yes, you're right. Uh, so far, it's been optimization. And so uh, we're finding that that's actually not of interest to, to most operators because you can only optimize what you already have and you're not, you're not bringing in new revenue. But what is becoming very interesting is, is um, the ability to, to actually dimension your network in such an environment where you, you, you have uh, workloads that are not only optimizing, but also bringing you new revenue from, a, from the applications that you are now deploying. Uh, whether that's a, a analytics, um, whether that's combining combining RAN with software where we have never seen it before. So a good example for me is uh, the way we deploy networks today, where you know when I have a base station at a site, that's it. It's there and there's nothing I can do. Um, the reach of that network is, is all I have. AI is bringing us into an environment where I can actually use um, beamforming in a different way uh, based on the traffic that I have around me, based on the users that I have around me, which I, we can, I, I can identify with AI or, or, or use AI to figure that out. I can then deploy that network effectively uh, with you know, directing that beam, managing that beam, having analytics, using that analytics now to generate new, new revenue. So you will continue, we will continue to see more of this as we go forward with 5G and, uh, and the next generation of Gs, where AI, whether for radios, for, for uh, virtual RAN, uh, software deployment, um, uh, applying, applying RAN in other areas that we've never seen them before will become very, very critical, okay? Femi, I have one other question here. You know, throughout our, our conversation, this idea of openness, whether it's open RAN as defined by ORAN Alliance interface specifications or, or whether it's openness as a way to, to think about ecosystem development and enabling competition and cooperation and innovation and all of that, I just want to get your thoughts on the idea of analysis paralysis and and the the line the hard to find line between enough optionality and and too much optionality wherein there's so many choices laid out before you that it becomes difficult to pick a path forward so just curious how you think about that that balance that needs to be struck to really enable global scale for not just open RAN, but just this open approach to technology? It's a very insightful question. Um, and I do agree that uh, lately what we've been seeing is um, mobile operators are not taking advantage of this 
this new way of deploying or building RAN because of what you just described, analysis paralysis, where, well, I have to test it to death. Uh, I'm con concerned about where well, should I choose two operators or 10? And that becomes the question that I'm asking, rather than making a leap, building part of my network to, to take advantage of this newness, new entrance, new innovation, new software. Um, and, and then if I actually come into trouble times based on my decision and solve that, I move on. Um, I was in a, in a conference recently and I challenged global um, leaders that, you know, we continue to talk about test, 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 test. Yes, the, the test vendors, they're making more money, but the, the companies that were building the run to give them the innovation, they're not doing anything. So analysis paralysis is a is a is a big issue. Uh, we are spending a lot of time um, uh, dismissing myth around open run and the benefit, rather than getting the the, the real benefit. Um, you you talk about Rakuten, you talk about Dish. Well, there are others globally that are already deploying open run, and we're seeing the benefit. Tokuma has been doing this for many years. So um, just to buttress that again. We need to avoid analysis paralysis where we deploy uh, the RAN and, and get the benefits of open RAN that I, I articulated earlier. So you've been gracious enough to have a, a fairly expansive freewheeling conversation with me today. And, and I know that I've been sort of setting up the, the talking points here. So I, I'd turn it over to you, Femi. Is there any thing that you'd like to share with our audience in terms of uh, summary thoughts or things in the industry that keep you energized and excited or, or maybe things that that keep you up at night out of concern? There are a lot of benefits that we've articulated from a from an exercise point of view. One of the things that keep me up at night is that we're not doing enough to move the industry to get the benefit of those and see uh, when we talk about energy saving, when we talk about sustainability, when we talk about um, autonomous car, when we talk about um, you know autonomously deploying networks on a need basis, when we talk about uh, cloud infrastructure leveraging RAN and, and growing the business into into to to have new opportunities, we're, we're not moving there. So it keeps me up at night. Uh, in terms of what are the technology things that we can do or dismiss all the myths around us so that we can we can actually we can actually um, enjoy some of the, the the vision that we have for 5g Jimmy, thank you so much for joining the show sharing your perspective telling us about the work you and your colleagues at Fujitsu are doing and answering the question will 5g change the world thank you sean great to be here